Hello Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Tonight my guest is Robbie Picard from Oil Sand Strong, and we're discussing the controversy his Oil Sand Strong sweatshirt created for Pierre Polyev last week. And we're discussing a whole lot more because that's what it's like when you have a conversation with Robbie. One minute you're talking about Jane Fonda and the oil sands and you finish the conversation and he's brought you all the way to Meghan Markle. Anyway, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, as well as Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show, David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup, and Andrew Chapados' brand new show, Andrew Says. It's only 8 bucks a month to subscribe. And just for my podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus subscription by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to Rebel News Plus dot com to become a member now please enjoy this free audio only version of my show If you support the oil and gas sector, does that suddenly make you a white supremacist? The Liberal Association of Carleton, Ontario seems to think so. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. Well, friends, as you can see, I'm not in studio today. In fact, I'm actually covering the police raid at Grace Life Church. But earlier this week, before I headed off to my usual duties of covering government overreach and tyranny, I recorded an interview with my friend Robbie Picard from Oil Sand Strong. Now, many of you will know Robbie as um, an LGBTQ Indigenous activist in favor of the oil and gas sector. He works largely in his other job with Robbie Picard Media, helping promote and grow Indigenous-run businesses. And yet, the Liberal Association of Carleton, Ontario, decided that the logo of his shirt uh, that says Oil Sand Strong was somehow a white supremacist symbol. And it was especially a white supremacist symbol when superstar conservative MP Pierre Polyev tweeted it out when he was out and about with his young daughter. Yes, the Liberals saw a picture of a dad with his daughter wearing a shirt that promotes the Alberta oil and gas sector and the Liberals saw racism. No surprise. But I thought I'd have Robbie on to talk about just about, I guess, how ridiculous the whole affair was, given, as I pointed out earlier, that he is um, a minority man and a part of the LGBTQ community. So um, please uh, enjoy this interview I recorded earlier this week with my friend Robbie. Hey 
Robbie, thanks for joining me. I wanted to have you on because um, I'm sure as, you're as shocked to find out as I am that you are indeed some sort of proponent of white supremacy, um, at least according to the formerly uh, active Twitter account for the Carlton Liberal Riding Association. Um, what, like, first of all, what's your reaction to being called a white supremacist? You, you know, Sheila, um, I'm, I've had some time to reflect on this. Um, it, um, I'm going to just be really, really blunt, and I, and I, and part of it is kind of funny because I'm, you know, very openly gay. My small business, my staff are very diverse. Uh, you know, um, I'm not going to get into that game of saying how diverse, but incredibly diverse. And it's really funny. Simultaneously, as they labeled not just myself, our brand, and all the people that over 90,000 followers on Facebook that follow our movement, um, I, I was actually on a mission to highlight and showcase in two separate projects one for McMurray 1000 and the other project on how multicultural the oil and gas industry is. And I was in the process of filming people and interviewing them based on why they came to Fort McMurray um, from all different backgrounds and all different multicultural, all skin colors, all everything. So then I thought long and hard after this happened because you know me very well, I try to be as nonpartisan as I can. And I'm surrounded by people in the advocacy world that tend to lean very conservative. And it's hard because when you have a premier that like Rachel Notley, I want to try to do my best to work with the government of the day. And um, I have with uh, with Rachel Notley when she wore the well, I Love All Sons hoodie, um, the former energy minister, wherever I could find common ground, including the liberals. So my instinct is always to try as much as I can it's not easy. Try to be as nonpartisan. Now, easy targets are like the, the largest hypocrite on the planet, Elizabeth May. I mean, I just had a picture with her where she is on a private jet and it just shows her complete. She's a very, very intelligent, stupid person. And um, I think the narcissism and the entitlement of, of Elizabeth May um, shows how out, out to lunch she is because she once okay, oil is dead, but yet there's a picture with her on a private, I'm on a private jet. It just shows you that how out of touch they are with their own brand. However, when it came to the Carlton Liberal Association, um, I've had a lot of time to reflect, so I'm not even angry. And I'm going to say one thing, it's real simple. Ottawa is recession proof for all parties. If you live in Ottawa, there's always going to be some kind of job for political staffers, riding associations, etc. This pandemic, low oil prices, has not affected them one bit. If they're broke, they'll borrow money. If they're broke, they'll raise taxes. Or they'll take oil and gas money from taxes of hardworking Canadians in Alberta. Um, and uh, they will bitch about oil and gas and bitch about pipelines. Um, and somehow act like they're above it. The part that bothered me the most is the fact that I actually quite like Pierre Polyev. I've always had, I like his spark. I think he's very good looking. I mean, he's kind of cute. I mean, there's just so many things that Pierre has going for him. But I, as a person from Fort McMurray, a person from Alberta, to have, a politician of his caliber 
that um, wears our, our hoodie, which is not a tall white supremacist, any movement that has a fist um, from feminism to communism to, to uh, Black Lives Matters, et cetera, it's a movement trying to have solidarity. And when we designed that logo, we wanted to point out that the solidarity um, of Alberta's workers, the workforce, the oil workers that has been so demonized and attacked by elite hypocritical politicians like Elizabeth May um, and um, celebrities like Jane Fonda and Neil Young, that we wanted to say we have solidarity together. And no, you, you're, what you're painting us in our community and our jobs and our industry is completely false. So when you have a federal politician of, of Pierre's stature and to, to, to wear our hoodie in support of our movement, the brand and everything else, it was an honor. Uh, I, when I first saw it before their courageously um, misguided missile they launched our way, um, I, I, I had a little emotional moment because he, he wasn't just, you know, he had his daughter, they're out having a, a, a beer with their family. It was a very, very peaceful tweet that he put out and, 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 and one that took a little political capital to do, especially in Ottawa. So we owe Pierre Polyev uh, support on this on a next level because that Liberal Writing Association, whoever's in charge of the communications, is a complete and utter moron who lacks basic intelligence, common sense, and is a complete elite person. And I'm, I, I think I know who did the tweet and I have been calmly waiting before I responded. Um, the thing that also concerned me um, very much and I, and I typically, I'm about to say something that I don't typically do. The fact that that was barely a blip in some of the mainstream media concerned me a lot. Mm -hmm. The Liberal Writing Association of Carleton owes, well, you know, and this is where I'm torn. I am not some baby that needs an apology when someone hurts my feelings. And everyone's like, you need to get them apologized because that's what they do to the right. I don't want their apology. I don't give two. I think they should apologize to Pierre and his family. Uh, a lot of the liberals also feel the same and they should do some research on a movement that is very multicultural with a, you know, a pretty gay uh, Métis guy at the helm of it. I mean, um, and they, they, they need to somehow realize that they're not above oil and gas and they never will be. Um, and the way they went after him was just from a professional writing association. It's despicable. It's disgusting. It's wrong. And um, I am going to be putting a video response out to it. Um, I know it wasn't quickly as I should have, but I wanted some time. I, 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 I play a long game I have in my advocacy. I don't just jump on every, every wave. And um, I wanted to think it through a little bit. I, I wanted to think about the, the cruelty that came from those very cushy politician um, type people or the, um, the staffers from the Carlton Liberal Association. I'm gonna stop short of going after Trudeau or I mean, people said you should ask Justin Trudeau to apologize and all that. I don't want a fake apology, I don't. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I think. Yeah, but Robbie, Robbie, he apologizes to literally everybody. Get yours, buddy. Get yours. 
Um, maybe. I mean, I know Justin Trudeau. I, I did a few events for him and I actually helped the Liberal Party years ago uh, when Carl Harrietta was running the campaign. I helped twice and then I kind of became nonpartisan. And then I helped David Udega a little bit. And I've also, I've helped people from all political stripes. So maybe, yes, maybe I could get a, an apology from our prime minister, but I think this uh, identity politics stuff needs to stop and you cannot just label, look, calling someone a racist is bad enough, but calling some organization a white supremacist, that's the next level. Yeah. That's trying to say that, you know, that I wouldn't associate with anyone from any other race, that I wouldn't have employees that work for my business that are, you know, from the Philippines or trans or all other kinds of stuff. I, it was a way to, to paint a brush on something that is very valuable. Like, I, I believe that these, these over-educated, under-intelligent political elites that don't have any real world experience, don't understand when you turn a light switch on how it turns on, or when you drive a solar car that it actually one way or another is powered by fossil fuels to make it. There is no such thing as green energy and attacking our main industry that's from Ottawa is absurd. And here's the thing they all need to wake up to. We are a country. Ottawa is the capital, meaning that all MPs that are in Ottawa, particularly the ones from Ottawa, need to represent all Canadians, not just the ones that they somehow think are morally superior in their false senses of morality because they don't have basic common sense. Well, and I think it revealed a bigotry. I think we all know exist inherently. We all know that bigotry from the liberals against Alberta exists, but it's very rare to catch it in nature happening like that. And I think that's what happened there when they just couldn't get their heads around the fact that the oil patch, I would suggest not only is it multicultural, I would say the oil patch is the most indigenous uh, industry in the entire country. If I had to call an industry indigenous, I would call the oil patch. It's in indigenous communities. It's employing indigenous people. It's giving indigenous people a way forward out of generational poverty. It's a wealth generator. Um, and, and it's something to be proud of. And when the liberals from outside of Alberta looked at that picture of Pierre Polyev with his little daughter, by the way, and saw something evil about not just Pierre Polyev, but about the industry and the people who support it, it revealed a lot about exactly how they think about Albertans. Um, uh, something you don't always point out is that you are a full member of the um, Aborig Alberta Aboriginal Business Association and 90% of the revenue of Robbie Picard Media comes from Indigenous-owned businesses. You not only are an indigenous man, but you're helping indigenous companies become successful. And the liberals from their perch somewhere outside of Alberta saw the work that you do and said that there gotta be a white supremacist. Why is from Alberta? It's gross. Yeah, it, it is gross. And it showed the true disdain. I think you touched on it. And I think, you know what? We need to start addressing it as. Yeah. There, is, uh, there is some sort of... Oil 
worker phobia. Yes. In the corner phrase. Oil worker phobia that comes out of Ottawa. And it's two, three, it's threefold. One, you see it all the time. It like, I mean, I deal with it here too. You, you have certain people that are kind of employed in government that somehow just think that they're better than everyone else. And they, they, they have this era about them that is just sort of like, and I think that came out a little bit. Um, I think the hate they have for Pierre as a person, as a politician came out the venom that it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, it's vicious. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think basically they're, they're very, very misguided on what the rest of the country is going through and what we've contributed. Um, and I think one of the things, and I, I struggle with this, I, I'm a fighter. I don't like, uh, I don't like talking about hurt feelings or when I, you know, when I'm stunned, I'd rather just, you know, take, deal with it internally and not be a victim. And that's one of the reasons I like I, I didn't jump on this right away. I mean, you can call me sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And I and I think that we're in a society now. Like I don't I don't need to to freak out every time someone says they don't like my shirts or me. I don't I I give I give to be perfectly honest with you. You have to bleep that, but I don't care. So I had to pause a little bit, but I also smell a little bit of an opportunity here to awaken and educate Ottawa. And I think next chance I get, I'm going to go to Ottawa. I'm going to go hand out Isla, or sorry, oil, oil sand strong stickers and buttons and uh, hoodies in Carlton. And maybe I'll pay a visit to the local riding association. I mean, who knows? Maybe just a post office box. But I, I think that I'm going to, 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 to set up shop there for about a week and have conversations with the, the elite that live there that throw this venom I mean, it's just, it's, it's absurd. And um, I, uh, you know, I'm shocked. I mean, it, 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 it was shocking how absurd that was. And you're right, there's an underlying hate there. I mean, and you, I mean, even, you know, even Gerald Butts chimed in on it too. You know what I mean? And um, he went after Pierre a little bit and, and said, well, this, his next role will be working at, um, with a VP with CAP. Okay, butts. What's wrong with having a role at the VP of Cap? Yeah, I mean, it, it beats uh, you know manipulating the only the first uh, indigenous uh, <laughs> a minister of justice. Um, yeah, it it beats working with SNC Lavalie. It beats uh, one day we're with the World Wildlife Foundation, and then the next we're this. I mean. Um, I met Gerald Butts once and he ran from us. We tried to talk to him when he was in Fort McMurray, but um, I would argue that people that wear the Oil Sand Strong hoodie are a lot, have a lot more values in their ability to bend and break uh, female politicians. And that spectacle, what would happen to, um, to, um, Jody to Wilson Joni, Mm -hmm. Yes, Tony Wilson Rabel and uh, Jane Philpott was uh, next level creepy. Mm -hmm. and, oh, they're feminists, uh, though. Don't you remember? They're feminists. Right. Yes, they're more <laughs> feminist than, and, and I, I mean, listening to that phone call, um, that was something. Mm -hmm. And the way when she 
repeatedly said like, no, I'm not comfortable. And you could, that was a very, very internal view of who really runs the show in Ottawa. So when he bounced on too, I mean, what a despicable person. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that makes you think a little bit on how, I mean, when you try to pretend that you have this sort of moral high ground and I think, I think in people's core, you can see who they are over time. Yeah. And Gerald Butts, I mean, he's a vile person. I mean, when he made that tweet with his high level position at the Eurasia group yeah. and when after, when he went after the Americans and such a, I'm better than you kind of way. And especially in his role and connection to our prime minister at a, a very difficult political time, no matter which way you want to, which side you're on in America and then deletes it mm-hmm. and then goes after him. It really shows you how mischievous and you really wonder like what's there. I mean, he's brilliant, brilliant strategist, a brilliant person. Sure. But I mean, how vile is that? I mean, it feels again, devious. Like, yeah. Disingenuine, devious and vile. And that's what I, what I see. And, and there, like, there's something wrong with, people trying to defend the energy industry mm-hmm. i mean let's just be perfectly candid here you think do they honestly think the solar industry is 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 clean or there's no corruption there i mean look at al gore the mm-hmm. al gore the doc i watched that documentary in edmonton with my uncle and, and i was driving truck at one of the oil companies at the time and i mean it made me feel, i felt horrible i felt horrible i mean it made me question my job and how i'm earning a living this was years ago but then the split second that uh, a ginormous oil company wanted to buy his business, um, or, um, Al Jazeera wanted to buy uh, Al Gore's, uh, what was it called? His production company or whatever. Mm-hmm. He sold out to oil money in 30 seconds. Yeah. Money oh, talks. God. Money always talks. Money always talks. That's yeah. that's the thing with green energy. Follow the money. They, they're not benevolent. They don't want to save the world. They want to build their bank accounts. Really, that's what it all is at the end of the day. Now, speaking yes. of speaking of people with overinflated bank accounts and probably overinflated lips, um, I want I wanted to ask you about uh, somebody that you already challenged, I suppose, to a debate. But now, Stephen Buffalo from the Indian Resource Council of Canada has <laughs> challenged, I guess, Jane Fonda to not really a debate but a discussion. Um, and he's got an open letter uh, calling on her to have a discussion with him. Um, naturally, she's going to ignore him. But it is good to see that not just you <laughs> are like there are other people finally taking on the Hollywood lies about Canadian oil and gas. So I think that's movement in the right direction, although I'm not hopeful for this discussion. Uh, look, um. Jane Fonda is next level narcissist, okay? She doesn't give any care or consideration to anyone here in Fort McMurray. And she, I mean, I hope she debates him. I highly doubt it'll happen. And we need to find a way to cancel Jane Fonda and cancel this, like, look, if you wanna watch a really good movie and be moved, actors are great. But if you think that all actors and actresses based on their, that they, that they are overly intelligent, well, trust me, a ton of them aren't and they're troubled people. 
And I, I would just argue that uh, Jane Fonda knows absolutely nothing. And when she came here, I mean, when you have a multimillionaire, ex-wife of a billionaire, um, a former mile high clubber, because she, you know, hooked up with Ted Turner on his private jet, you couldn't do that without fossil fuels. Um, coming here after our town had a major fire uh, and going through hell and, and oh, I watched the fire in Tecalo. I can't do it, Jane Fonda. You know what I mean? But it was just, and then the way she, I mean, let's just be honest. She ran from me. She yeah. ran, like the whole group of them. I'm one person, you have Greenpeace, there are film people there, they ran. Like, I mean, what a bunch of cowards. You can't ask her a simple question. She had no rebuttal. And then, the, and then the Melina, she's like, well, you know, she's a senior. She's old. Well, they don't fart her around like she's some kind of like Greta. She's too young. Jane Fonda's too old. <laughs> Give your head a shake. I mean, like, what a disgusting, I mean, a poor excuse for a human being that Jane Fonda is. And I mean, I'm just blown away by the, this, these celebrities that are out there right now. And they're, they're, they're just, they're just so out of touch. The, the whole they're going to the their, to their like uh, the, the big climate seminar but they all hop on private jets because somehow they're so important mm -hmm. you know I mean come on Jane Fonda's biggest thing is well you know I'm not buying any new clothes and I'm gonna let my hair grow gray no oh my god you're a hero no you're old you're 80 <laughs> gray hair is gray hair I mean you're not a hero you're a big deal you're not dying your hair now you're still getting it styled by like a very expensive stylist and great yeah do you need to buy new clothes i haven't bought new clothes in five years okay you look good well thank you i've been i've been steaming them a little bit but here's my point right like i don't give a shit if you buy, i don't care if jane fonda buys clothes or not you're not somehow helping everybody you're just Fuller in the narcissism of Jane Fonda. Oh my God, Jane, you're so inspiring. You still work out at 80. Well, I hope she's working out at 80. I mean, like she needs to, like, I mean, I'm not going to not, I try not to, one thing I'm really working on, it's not easy because when you're in these like fights and you, and you, you, you go for what, your instinct, but I try not to come on people's age. Mm -hmm. Biden fell down the stairs and I thought, you know, I'm not going to fault someone for falling down the stairs. Okay, I'm not, I'm going to try to stick to the facts. I'm not going to attack people on their looks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they used to go after Trump, you know, because he was like, because you know, he ate burgers and they thought he had like gold on his face. And, you know, and, and, but I will say we're in an interesting phase in the world. But, you know, the other thing that I find really entertaining is, is that like, if you have a job in oil and gas, you can feed your family and maybe pay for your kids' college education and better their lives if you don't go to college yourself or whatever. Not that I, I'm, I'm convinced on that 100%. But yet we're obsessed with like whining of celebrities. So you have Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and um, Prince Harry is worth at least $50 million world famous. And Meghan, you know, um, an interesting form of narcissism she is. I mean, that's, uh, that's, I mean, that's crazy. The whole drama with her dad and the family. And, I, and I'm torn on that because I'm, I'm a big believer that you don't go out, family shouldn't go after family no matter what. And I find myself very torn on how I feel about that. But the fact is, is that we are obsessed. Meghan Markle, no matter at the end of the day, if the queen snubbed her or any of that, or allegations, but apparently most of them have been proven false. At the end of the day, she's better off than 99% of the population. Mm -hmm. She has fame, she has connections, and she is going to be fine. But yet, we are bombarded with this, the, oh, they were treated so poorly in the royal family. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the wedding and all the stuff that she had. I, I, I'm very worried that 
we are losing touch of what's important. What's important is not what two internationally famous ex-royal family members are. Uh, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. What matters is what affects you in your personal lives and how you're going to feed your families and can you buy something. And I, I, I'm very concerned with this weird shift. You know, and I, I'm not even sure how I feel about the royal family. I, I would argue that the queen, with the exception of when she called one guy a gorilla, has never made a, a slip publicly in her entire reign. And I would also argue that our political system, as screwed up as it is, has a level of stability because of the bureaucracy that she provides. I would also argue that for all of this talk about, you know, the world not being equal for women, while well, our head of state has been a woman the longest in history, and the most respected pol or public figure government official in the world is the queen, and has been for years. Um, and then I would argue that, like, when someone like Megan, a uh, narcissistic opportunist, gets involved, um, there's a flag. But Prince Harry's a moron. I blame <laughs> Prince Harry more than anybody. I... I cannot believe that he would do this to his grandparents at this stage. I mean, the queen's 95, Prince Philip's 99. Maybe wait till they, they're done, you know, five more years before you go and rip apart your grandma's entire life's work. Right or wrong for all the little in, innuendos. The, the, the queen was not, she was born into that. She didn't choose it. And you can make the argument of getting rid of the royal family. And I flip-flop on this often because, you know, I, I, I'm concerned about Prince Charles and being arcane and, and do you need a royal family? And then, but at the same time, the stability, I mean, the, I mean, can you imagine like, you know, you got Bernie Sanders as a president one day or, or they're just the, cra the craziness. The queen is, I mean, she has just done an impeccable job of being stable and sturdy. And, and just the sheer... You know, I was a big fan of the crown, like a huge fan of the crown. And, and I, I, if I do watch the crown now, it'll be very quiet because we seem to forget that these are people. Mm -hmm. They're people with hearts and souls that, that are living and we're just ripping them apart daily, whether you like them or not and in their lives. And, and, and I just think that it's just, it's just sick. We become such a sick society that we are just so, I, I, I'm bothered by it on multiple levels, but I just think that Prince Harry should have had enough respect for his very senior grandma, who if any other job would have been retired by now, to just wait before you rip every, I mean, take on William, he's your brother, you're pissed off because he's gonna be Kane and you're, you don't wanna be second fiddle. And clearly Meghan Markle does not like Kate because Kate, but I just think that we're in a society where we need to really, I don't know what the word is, but just be more cognizant of what's important. And whether Meghan and Markle's feelings were hurt or the press was mean to her, she's still one of the most 99% of the privileged people on the planet. And she's not going to give two shits if they shut down an oil and gas job or, or they ruin our country with her, with her nonsense. I asked you a question about Stephen Buffalo and Jane Fonda, and somehow we ended up on Meghan Markle. How did we even get here, um, Robbie? I want to give no. It's fine. I, I I'm I'm enjoying it, um, Robbie. I wanted to ask you how people can get their hands on one of those uh, oil sand strong hoodies that the liberals don't want people to have because. If I understand correctly, and I, I'm only saying this anecdotally, 
But that was the number one response to when I tweeted about the liberals attacking oil sand strong was, hey, how do I get one of those hoodies? So I think you had a bit of a a boom in business and it sort of backfired on the liberals. But if people want one of those shirts or if they want to support the work that you do, because I mean, the, the liberals are coming after you. So obviously you're doing good work for the oil and gas sector. How do people get one of those hoodies and how do they support you? Okay, it's real simple. Um, and I'm, we've sold out completely of all our shirts. Um, so we have another order being placed right now. Um, so it'll be about three to three to four weeks. Uh, I'm asking every single person to please buy a shirt and a hoodie and wear it to Ottawa um, and show off and don't let um, out of touch, slightly unintelligent political staffers tell you what to wear, how to wear it. Um, so please go to oilsandstrong.com and be proud and be proud of our energy industry, be proud of our country and understand that Ottawa is part, uh, unless Canada, unless Alberta separates, we are, Ottawa is Alberta and they have an obligation, all politicians to represent all Canadians, not just their self-interest. And I wanna personally thank Pierre Polyev for being absolutely awesome and supporting us. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I fund Oil Sound Strong myself through my marketing company and videos that we do and sponsorship and stuff like that. So it does help. Um, and if you buy like 10 t-shirts, that even helps more. We're getting them printed. Um, we try to do everything locally here in Fort McMurray and Edmonton. Um, we work with a local guy here um, and um, we mail them ourselves from here. I'm trying to get a better deal on post. Order more so then I don't have to eat, eat the big price on the shipping because like like that would be good too because like we only charge five bucks shipping we should charge more so but yes uh, and, and I am going to be going to Ottawa and I'm going to be stepping up and please watch for my video which is almost done being produced where I address this issue um, we are a hundred percent multicultural um, we are I'm gay um, you know it, it's really funny but I get a kick out of it. people actually understand the conservatives a lot of them are gay there's a lot of gay conservative staffers like the conservatives are very multicultural they need to embrace that a little bit more i think that if the ottawa people understand like it's not a question of race or religion or sexuality it's a question of human dignity and the right to provide basic mm -hmm. needs for your family and i think we're arguing on this philosophy and i think their philosophy is messed up somehow they have this impression of philosophy that they are somehow morally higher because they think that they are not using fossil fuels. And the truth is, even if they're recycling, they're all about fossil fuels. Tesla's about fossil fuels. Every renewable thing is fossil fuels. Windmills are fall. Everything boils down to carbon, one form or another. And we're just celebrating our Canadian carbon and how to improve it, take, make it better, and support ourselves for the next generation. And we've allowed overrated, incredibly wealthy, hypocritical uh, celebrities who bang on planes with their billionaire husbands to paint a picture of what we really are. And we need to paint a new picture and not let them tell us who we are. That's a great spot to leave the show. Robbie, you made the case. Um, you know, I believe that there's dignity in work um, and dignity and providing for your family. And um, you've taken a half an hour and then some out of the middle of your work day to talk to me. So I should let you go. We should have you back on the show again real soon. And friends, 
if you're watching, if you're listening, buy a hoodie, spite a liberal. Thank you, Robbie. You know, leave it to the liberals to call supporting the oil and gas sector somehow racist. The facts are that the oil and gas sector is the largest employer of Indigenous people in this entire country, the oil and gas sector plus mining. So I would suggest it's racism to oppose the oil and gas sector because you're opposing the jobs of thousands upon thousands of Indigenous people and you are opposing the right of them to support their families free of the interference of activists and the state. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back. Well, I don't know where I'll be next week. <laughs> Depends on what the government gets up to. But I'll see everybody at this same time next week because the show always must go on. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.